I usually record the podcast on a Saturday afternoon just after I've had my personal therapy. But, um, well, I say usually record the podcast. I mean, I can't really say it's a habit because I've only done one episode. <laughs> but, uh, this is going to be the start of the second one. I'll probably record the rest of it tomorrow. I don't know why I'm telling you all this. Is, you just don't need to know. But um, that clicking noise in the background you can hear is my dog Milo, the wee Shih Tzu. He's looking out the back to go to the toilette. Um, I'll be honest with you guys, I'm having a bit of a tough one. This week's been tough. Um, getting it a bit tight and it's not fair to say otherwise. You know, I have been very lucky to have friends and family around me, particularly my husband and colleagues and friends who are reaching out to me and I'm reaching out to them but I realised I was going through a bit of a depressive episode because actually do you know what I can't even record this right now I'm not in the frame of mind I don't think I'm going to revisit this tomorrow and I'll try and explain how I was thinking or what I was thinking um, when I pick up the recording tomorrow <laughs> Welcome back to episode two of This Too Shall Pass, a brand new podcast with me, Stephen Donandalzell, uh, where I talk a load of waffle about mental health and my own mental health experiences. Um, I just want to say a big thank you to everybody who listened to the first episode last week. Within the space of a week, I've had nearly 200 listens, um, and I know that's not a lot for a podcast, but it's a lot for me who has no money, no studio, no sponsors, all that kind of jazz. I'm not a, a public figure or a celebrity or a politician or any of that crack. So um, it meant a lot. And thank you to everybody for all your kind words and your supportive messages over the week on social media. Um, it really gave me a boost. And I'm very grateful. And, well, you're going to regret it because it actually <laughs> encouraged me to do it again. So, this week I'm going to be talking a wee bit about something I experienced called emotional dysregulation. Now, I need to, uh, from the outset, just put it out there that whilst I am a qualified therapist, and I do work with... Vulnerable, vulnerable adults. This podcast is not, you know, certified or you know accredited or any of that stuff. So, this is just me talking. This is not me giving you advice. This is not me telling you how to get better. Because if you're listening to this podcast and you're like me and you live with mental health issues, then you already know the things that might work for you and the things that don't. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for professional help or therapy or medication. Please, if this podcast is your last resort, then I don't know what to tell you. But um, this is not about making you... Sorry, this is not me telling you how to get better. Um, This is just me talking about how I deal with my own mental health issues. Um... 
at the start of this episode, you may have heard um, me waffling um, and going through a depressive episode and I stopped recording. I think, I mean, I included I included that part of the this episode because I think it's important that I'm honest and accountable to myself about when I feel like that. And I think if I'm going to talk about mental health and if I'm going to be honest about mental health, then it's important for me to be honest with you listening to how it impacts me as well. There's no point in me putting um, a, you know, a, a rosy ribbon on my depressive episodes because they suck big time. They kiss ass big time. So I'm going to talk a wee bit about that and what was going on with me but here is my once again cheesy intro and then we'll get right into it you're listening to this too shall pass podcast a show about mental health this is Stephen donan dalzell your host hey uh, thanks for uh tuning in <laughs> Um, I need to apologise as well for last week's episode because there was some audio issues that I didn't pick up on until I had already recorded and edited the podcast. And the reason for the audio issues were I was using um, a hands-free like headphone set with a mic and it kept catching on my jumper when I was talking or something I don't know what it was but it was really irritating um so I apologize for that hopefully I mean I've ditched the hands-free setup I've got my phone directly in front of my face um on a little stand so I don't even have to touch the phone so hopefully um you won't experience those audio issues this this episode if you do please send me money to buy a professional studio <laughs> I'm not above begging for money um but listen, this is a very fly by my seat pirate radio esque podcast. So listen, you get what you pay for, and you didn't pay anything for this. So just suck it up, guys. Um, okay, so this week I'm gonna be talking about emotional dysregulation. Um, you, it's probably something that a lot a lot of people have heard of, but I guarantee you that a lot of people listening to this have experienced it. Um, I did it. Again. I keep doing it. I keep doing. It. Um. Right, I'll try to stop that. So, what is emotional dysregulation? Well, to put it in layman's terms, emotional dysregulation is exactly what it says in the tin. It's the inability of someone to be able to properly regulate their emotional responses to external um, or internal even stimuli. So either outside events or your own perceptions of events. And it's linked very closely with people who suffer with anxiety disorders, which I do. I have severe anxiety. Um, you know, <laughs> basically it says on the Rogers Behavioral Health website, that individuals with emotional reactivity experience intense emotions more frequently and for longer durations. So basically, if I get embarrassed or if I get upset 
or annoyed or um what else like angry or something like that i'll experience it to a level that i find it hard to pull away from so case in point if i have an argument with a friend and it might not even be an argument it could be an unkind word that's been said or an unfriendly text message or an issue that has arisen between friends then I start to spiral I call it a spiral because it literally feels like I'm you know pinballing down into a bit of a black hole um and I experience severe anxiety it's a sense of overwhelming dread it's a feeling that you know I'm I'm of hopelessness and I think I start to think things. I have I have negative self beliefs, or sorry, uh, negative core beliefs that are associated with those feelings. So I'll start to feel lonely. I'll start to feel uh, guilty. I'll start to feel uh, that I'm not worth people's time. I'll start to listen to that wee voice in my head that tells me that I'm a joke, that I'm an embarrassment, that I don't deserve to have friends, etc, etc, etc. And does any of that sound healthy to you? Because it's certainly not healthy for me. Um, and the feelings can be so severe at times and in extreme circumstances that they will trigger a reaction in me that is so intense that it can last for weeks, days if not weeks. And that's, it can be debilitating, it can be really crippling as well. For some people, emotional dysregulation, um, you know, they have difficulty accepting their emotional responses, which can then lead to behavioural dysregulation. And that happens with everybody who experiences emotional dysregulation, or ED, we'll call it ED, because it's just easier for me to say. And that can be things like, you know, content warning here. I'm about to talk about things that people do who have mental health issues. Self-injurious behavior, which is a fancy word for self-harm. Uh, suicidal ideation. Attempts at suicide. Excessive substance use. And this is one for me, impulsivity. For me, if I experience dysregulation or ED, <clears throat> excuse me, in the context of uh, conflict with people that I care about then my immediate reaction is to run away and when I say run away I don't just mean I look for the nearest exit and leave it'll be things like I'll block their number I'll leave group chats um, I'll mute them on social media I will make a vow I'm never talking to them again they were horrible to me they're not my friend a friend wouldn't do that and that in itself is entirely irrational and unreasonable behavior so those behaviors are my way of immediately opening the pressure valve and decreasing the current level of emotional stress they aren't useful though that's the thing in the same way that you know when there's a wildfire and you start a feeder fire beside it to try and draw away the flames that's great 
but you still have another fire to deal with here. And a lot of the times I make impulsive decisions that have negative consequences then for me. And that creates conflict for people. And it's hard for my loved ones to deal with that, particularly my husband. Because who wants to be around someone who is basically an active volcano all the time? So for me, emotional dysregulation is almost like emotional debilitation. I get really upset. I get really anxious. I get really angry. I get really afraid. I get nervous. I lose my confidence. There's a lot of shame, anger. Um, you know, I, I problem eat. I smoke. I don't really drink. I don't use substances. You know, that's not something I do. Other people do. And that's that's up to them. I'm not going to judge them for that. But none of it is healthy. They're ne- they're, the behaviours that ex- exhibit themselves from emotional dysregulation are never healthy behaviours. So, I got an assessment through the community mental health team a few months ago. Not even a few months ago. Uh, it was last month, actually. It just feels like a few months ago because with everything that's going on in the world, time has been both compressed and substantially elongated in a way that's hard for us to comprehend. So, whilst it feels like a few months ago, it was only about maybe five weeks ago, which is when I was told that I have emotional dysregulation disorder, which makes a hell of a lot of sense because for the longest time, I just thought I was nuts. (laughs) And I know I shouldn't use language like that to talk about mental health, but I genuinely thought I was going crazy for a long time. I couldn't manage my emotions. I couldn't manage conflict. I had no confidence in myself. I didn't understand why I had these negative beliefs that people didn't love me, that I was somehow unlikable, that the people in my life didn't actually like me, that I was a a joke, a fraud, etc, etc, etc. So I did a bit of research into emotional dysregulation and... The one of the one of the therapies for it is dialectical behavioral therapy. Now I'm not going to talk about DBT. You can do a bit of research on that yourself. I don't know enough about it to talk about it at length or with any authority. But I am currently undergoing it, and I find it useful for emotional dysregulation. But what I find useful isn't what everybody else finds useful. So where am I going with this? Yeah. So. The problem is in Northern Ireland, there isn't an awful lot of therapists that offer DBT. I'm lucky enough to have found one, and they're great. The therapist in question is very good. Uh, and it, it, it kind of works on an evidence-based treatment. So it looks at your thought processes, your logic processes, and controlling your ability to let your mind wander into the past or race into the future. Because as I said in the previous episode, that's where my mind goes whenever I have an episode. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and that's not good for me. So the Psychological Care and Healing Centre kind of gives a pretty good summary of what emotional dysregulation is. So it's the emotional dysregulation refers to the inability of a person to control or regulate their emotional responses to provocative stimuli. Provocative stimuli doesn't always have to be negative though. So one thing that I've experienced before is, and if you're like, if, if this might, you might relate to this, but 
because I don't have an awful lot of self-worth, and I'll be honest, I don't, I, I don't really rate myself as um, someone who has a lot to contribute, which is, you know, something I'll talk about in another episode, I suppose. But because I have that negative belief in my, of myself and I have that negative uh, view of myself, I kind of latch on when people give me um, attention or uh, affection or compassion or whatever you want to call that. When people are kind to me, it means a lot. But I can very easily mistake acquaintances for friends. I can very easily mistake um, people being kind with people wanting to be friends or whatever. And that then can create conflict in itself because whenever those people then make clear their boundaries, and it won't always, like, don't get me wrong, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not like, a limpet that latches onto people, but I find it hard to make friends. And whenever someone comes along and they're they're a friend of mine, I feel that intensely, more intensely than is probably um, usual for people. So if someone stops talking to me or doesn't reply to a message, Jesus, um, you know, within thirty seconds of me sending it, oh, that's it. They decided they're not going to be my friend anymore. They hate me, and this is all the reasons why they hate me, etc., etc., etc. So, even the positive emotions that I feel can be dysregulated. I can't regulate them properly. So, I use a lot of mindfulness techniques. Um, well, I try to, as well as therapy and medication, and... Uh, well, actually, this podcast as well now has become part of my self-care routine because even though I'm waffling to you guys and you're listening or you're not listening, you know, it's helpful for me to talk about these things out loud. Uh, for people who have a history of psychological trauma, there are multiple triggers for emotional dysregulation and they can cause major disruptions in relationships. Uh, it can also lead to depression or anxiety but most more often than not people who experience ed already live with depression or anxiety or both um you know when people say if you're like me and you've had people in your life say stop overreacting to me that is like a red rag to a bull because to me i'm not overreacting this is how i react it might be overreacting to somebody else because my my emotional um, expressions, shall we say, are sometimes a lot more exaggerated or intense. You know, people can see what the hell's going on there. What's what's their problem? They're blowing things out of proportion. They're flying off the handle. They're overreacting. I don't know any other way to react. I literally cannot help it because of ED and it's a type of personality disorder I literally cannot help how I react to things in that way I, it's not that oh this is just me and I'm not going to do anything about it but you need to understand that it's almost like someone taking the brakes off a car at the top of a hill once it starts rolling it just starts picking up speed and the only thing that's going to stop it is when it hits something else so I need to hit the brakes and I need to say to myself, all right, Stephen, stop. 
I literally need to say the word out loud, stop. And remind myself that my my thoughts are not reality. Because they're not. There's no way. There's nothing for me to... Or sorry. There's nothing to suggest that the things I'm telling myself are true. That people don't like me. People don't love me. That I'm not worth being here. Etc. 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 That's all just the car rolling downhill and picking up speed. And... It does so much damage to me, both in the short term and in the long term, because it's it's emotionally exhausting. It can be physically exhausting as well. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm going to take a drink of water because my throat is very dry. This episode is brought to you by H2O. Um, it's important to drink water as well. I can't stress that enough. Being hydrated is really important too, but we'll we'll talk about that some other time. This isn't a water podcast. Um, the amount of influencers on Instagram and Twitter that talk about staying hydrated, I'm almost convinced that they have some kind of promotional deal with uh, Ballygown Water or the big water companies. Um, but anyway... Sorry, I'm tired. It's 10.30 at night and I'm recording this. So, yeah, emotional dysregulation is usually relational as well, which means that it's triggered by a close personal contact, such as a family member, um, you know, a partner, a loved one, a close friend, or someone who has power or, or control over me, such as my boss in work, uh else like my peers uh people people that i respect and people whose respect i value and if i think that in any way i've damaged that transactional relationship then it sends me into a bit of a tailspin and then i start to spiral you know being told that I'm overreacting or I'm flying off the handle or that I, oh, this is one that I hate, being called a drama queen. <laughs> Number one, because I'm gay. You know, you never call a gay person a drama queen. It's low-key homophobic. But I also cannot help how I react to things. That's why I take medication. That's why I go to therapy. It's why... I read about mental health and mindfulness and all that stuff constantly because if I knew how to react, if I knew how to control my emotions, none of this would be a problem for me. It's, oh, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. You know, ED can be called other things as well. You know, it's commonly referred to as borderline personality disorder, um, emotional regulation disorder, emotional instability disorder, emotion impulse disorder, unstable personality disorder, etc., etc. There's a load of different names for it. I prefer emotional dysregulation disorder because that's how I feel dysregulated. It's almost like I feel discombobulated. I can't put my emotions in order I can't put them in check 
it's almost like whenever something sets me off, it's like fireworks going off and I can't stop them. And there's a lot of light and there's a lot of noise. And, you know, I get startled, I get afraid, I get ashamed of myself. And a lot of it can be linked back to trauma. Now, I'm not going to go into a deep dive about my psychological history because, number one, I I don't pay you guys enough to do that. And number two, it's not going to be helpful for me right now. Uh, But needless to say that I have a lot of issues around attachment. And, you know, you might be listening to this and thinking, well, what does that mean? And... Basically, I have difficulty, as I said, making friends. I have difficulty believing that people who love me actually love me. Because of the experiences I've had, both growing up and, you know, in my love life and with past relationships and friends and self-confidence issues. So it's not just one thing. It's a plethora of different things that have come together to create this perfect storm. So it says here on the Psychological Care and Healing Centre... What is the prognosis for emotional dysregulation? It's not fatal, okay? It's a part of the human experience. Everybody experiences some form, at some time or another, emotional um, distress or dysfunction. We Everybody will exhibit and express dysregulated behavior. Have you ever seen somebody who's just lost a loved one? Grief is an intense emotion. So is love. So is fear. So is... uh, What else? I can't think of any emotional words. (laughs) But you know what I mean? There's... You know, if, if, if someone's been in a car accident, the terror of that, you know, will cause you to behave in a dysregulated way and think in a dysregulated way the problem with me and people who experience emotional dysregulation is that it's all the time it's not just linked to one event it's all the time or specifically it's linked to minor if you want to call it call them minor infractions or conflicts or issues in our daily lives that we deem to be major and you know traumatic And trauma is very relative. The trauma I experience won't be considered traumatic to somebody else. And vice versa. But trauma is trauma no matter who is experiencing it. And no matter why. It feels the same. It has the same impact on people. It has the same um, emotional impact on people. Regardless of the triggering event. And trauma is not a linear thing. It can be... It, it can be brought about by memories, it can be brought about by dreams, it can be brought about by anxieties of the future, it can be brought about by, as I say, minor conflicts, things like that. So, as I say, I use therapy and medication to uh, keep these things in balance, I suppose. Not in check, because these things won't ever stop. I will likely live with this for the rest of my life. And that in itself can be really a really tough pill to swallow, if you'll excuse the, the, the pun. But I take medication to manage that. And there's no shame in taking medication. I talked a wee bit. I touched a wee bit 
in the last episode about the shame that's and the stigma, sorry, that's associated with uh taking medication. And a lot of the things I see on hashtag World Mental Health Day are people talking about how they manage to get off their meds. Good for them. It's not something I'm gonna do. Because for me, living with medication means living with a personality disorder that I can keep in check. And if I stop my meds, well, number one, if I stop my meds just out of the blue, I've done that and it's not good. The consequences are horrendous. And number two, I don't want to stop the meds because they help me. You know, they're not placebos. They're nothing to be ashamed of. I take medication because they help me. I go to therapy because it helps me. I talk to my friends about how I'm feeling. I am honest and open with people about my personality disorder because, well, you know, it it helps them rationalize. Well, Stephen is having a bad day today. Maybe this is why. And if I was walking about with a limp and I had a broken leg and my friends asked, Stephen, why are you walking like that? And I go, oh, I'm fine. Nothing's wrong with me. People can tell. People aren't stupid. You know, they know when something's wrong with you. They know when something's up. So why not tell the people that you love and reach out to them and say, here, this is what's happening with me. This is why I experience things like this. This is why I react in the way that I do. And help them understand as well. But you got to give yourself space to understand your own issues too. Now, I'm not saying you should go out there and try and find somebody to label what you have as a personality disorder. Because not everybody has one. I didn't know I had one until very recently. And I'm 32 years old. But it happens. But it's about being able to understand that this is who you are and this does not make you damaged or broken or incomplete or somehow intrinsically disordered or needing to be fixed. There's nothing about me that needs to be fixed. I just want to be understood. I just want to be able to control my emotions in a way that allows me to live my life without being completely immobilized with anxiety or fear or dread or sadness or guilt or you know, the damaging impulsivity that comes along with, um, you know, fleeting happiness, those kind of things, that's, that's not a broken person. I'm not a broken person. And if you're listening to this, you're not broken either. But you need to be kind to yourself. And that's one thing I've found is that I need to be a lot kinder to myself. I need to be a lot more I need to take care of myself a lot better. And that includes things like eating the right things, doing a bit of exercise, going to sleep at at the right time. Sleep is so important. Like, I wish I could stress on people how important sleep is. And if you're somebody like me who maybe gets enough sleep, but not a good quality of sleep, there's a few things you should check out. And I'm going to talk about this next week, I think. Sleep hygiene. And about how to get a good quality of sleep. And I'm going to talk about these things because I don't know them properly either. And I want to get to understand them a bit bit better with you, the listeners. So, yeah, I've been talking for nearly 
well over half an hour now and I th- I hope I hope I've shed a wee bit more light on what emotional dysregulation is. If I haven't, and if you have any questions, please ask me. Please get in touch via my Twitter handle, which is at Donan S, which is D-O-N-N-A-N underscore S. Um, and send me a DM and ask me what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, and if you have any ideas or any thoughts on what I should talk about or anything you'd like answered on what I've mentioned, please ask me and get in touch because I'm more than happy to do that. This podcast for me is about me being accountable to myself and to my own actions and to my own mental health. So talking about emotional dysregulation is just one of those ways. I have to say as well, this isn't easy for me to talk about. I don't wake up every morning thinking, do you know what, I'm going to tell the world how crazy I am. Because it's hard. It's hard to accept that, you know, mental health issues might not go away. And very likely they won't go away. And that can weigh heavy on someone's um, shoulders when they have to consider the, the, the idea that this is going to be a lifelong uphill slog. But you don't have to do it by yourself. You don't have to be on your own. You don't have to fight it on your own. And I hope you know that. I hope you, if you're listening to this and you're going through a rough time, I hope you understand that and that you believe that, that you are not on your own. Because for so long, I felt like the loneliest person in the world. And thank God for the people in my life who love me and who I love. Because I wouldn't be here without them. I really mean that. I wouldn't be here without them. I am incredibly blessed. I am incredibly lucky to have the people in my life that I do. And not everybody is as lucky as me. And I'm acutely aware of that. So if you are going through a rough time and you need to talk to somebody... Send me a, um, a DM and I'll point you in the right direction. You know, I can't give you the number of a local charity to call because I don't know where you're listening from. You know, if you're listening from Northern Ireland, there's charities here, if it's in England or if it's in America, wherever. I don't know, but I can find out for you and I'll post links to um, mental health resources um, on my Twitter quite a lot. Um, so please, if you have any questions, please, please, please get in touch and I'll do my best. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know this was a bit heavy and I'm, I know that. So we're going to end it with me singing you as a song. No, I'm only, I'm only messing. I wouldn't do that to you. Not after all you've been through by listening to this. <laughs> I hope you guys are having a good week. I hope you're having a good day. I hope you're able to take solace in the fact that you're alive and that you are loved because sometimes that's enough and that's all we need. So take care of yourself, be safe, be well, wash your hands, wear a mask, watch your space. 
take care of yourselves and I'll speak to you next week. Bye bye.